So that was the foreplay? Episodic. I think someone touched my quivering nipple. It's all wet. Somebody marked the time code. <laughs> oh, here I'm coming. <laughs> here I'm coming. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. And this is Dr. Head. <laughs> and this is Blom the Blue Fez. Nice quivering. Thank you. <laughs> and you are listening to... Hello, fellow inmates. Welcome to another podcast in the asylum. Today's topic, we're going to talk about heroes, literary heroes, comic heroes, cinema heroes, maybe even anti-heroes. And if there's a real person attached to any of those heroes, you can talk about them too. So we open up the topic to the group. Tar, put that down. (laughs) Put it down. Thank you. We're going to start with Feather. Professor Feather, let's talk about heroes. What are your heroes, Feather? Please tell us. Well, my hero... Fur lives. <laughs> Silver and gold. That's <laughs> another. Doesn't take much to get this therapy session <laughs> off track, does it? Uh, <laughs> no, I just... Razor. That's right. I want to be a snowman. <laughs> I want to be a dentist. <laughs> you have the hair for it, Herbie. Like curved, like like carved butter. Well, my pick is going to be. I'm going to throw the old monkey wrench into the situation. My pick is from, uh, because we are, you know, popping in pop culture, you know, not just, you know, superheroes and all that kind of stuff. This is a hero hero, um, but a quiet hero. It's from a 1986 movie called Hoosiers. And the hero of the movie is played by none other than good old Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. One of my all-time favorite actors. This movie was, uh, it... Hoosiers, which mean it takes place in Indiana. Hoosier is the nickname for an Indiana person, um, and it, it's a basketball movie. Um, it's a you know little man versus the big man movie. Um, it's the movie of of morals and um, how one treats how one acts after doing certain things. Um, it. It's a really, it's a feel-good movie to to beat them all. I mean, it just really is. Um, spoiler alert! I mean, everything just works out for this. And let me preface this by saying, and this is a couple of reasons why I bring this movie up. Um, Gadfly kind of spurred this thought and and brought this movie up, and I started thinking about it. Um, in the movie, it, the movie takes place in 1951 and 1952, and Gene Hackman's character goes to um, this small town called Hickory, Indiana. And it's a rural town, very small, very small farm community. And Gene Hackman's character is from more the big city type. Uh, But he hasn't coached for 10 years. Um, And he comes to become the coach of this basketball team. Now, let me tell you, if you don't know, it's called Hoosiers, Indiana is basketball insane 
they are absolutely insane. I am a, a Hoosier. I come from from Indiana, and I grew up in Indiana, and I grew up in the basketball craze. And it is it's it's a fanaticism in Indiana. And this movie kind of conveys that, you know, this small town, and they have their basketball thing. And what brings me, which brings me around to what I was kind of talking about, and I'll come back to this and what Gadfly was talking about. It's uh, tribalism. This movie is about tribalism in in a lot of ways. Um, that's just one of the themes that kind of go through it. Um, it's not always a, a, a positive theme, but Gene Hackman's character kind of makes it positive. To as much as it can be positive, um, the, what makes him a hero is he. Ten years before, he was teaching at a university, and uh, or he was being he was a coach at a university, and he um, hit a kid, hit hit a player, smacked him, you know, hit him. I don't know if he punched him, just said he hit him, you know, which ruined his career. He joined the Navy. He was in the Navy for 10 years. He gets out, and his friend, who he'd gone to school with or knew him um, in this small town, invited him there because they needed a new coach. And he comes in, and he's the outsider, um, and his ways are not the ways that everybody wants to see. But he's kind of – he's not he, – with at first, well, he's quiet. He's kind of a quiet guy. Um, and got a nice sense of humor, and he um, takes it over. But he does cause a lot of friction, and his methods are not what they are used to. And he brings the, the he eventually brings the the basketball team together. And this is the tribalism that you know um, the the um, I guess the the trope of hero would be the actual basketball players themselves. Um, they are within the framework of the movie, the you know, specified heroes, um, because they are the little guy. They're going to come up and take on the big, the big, you know, the big guys. And in basketball, that's everything. You know, um, there is a kind of an e equality to it to a degree. But anyway, um, Gene Hackman is kind of this rough and tough guy, no nonsense. Kicks one of the star players out almost immediately, and it, or, or he tells him to go. You know. You're, you're not in practice tonight. Go away. And the guy quits. Um, but then um, the guy's dad brings him back, brings him back in. He wins them over. They play a couple of games. They're not doing real good. And then all of a sudden it starts clicking. And it's, and it's you know, you can see that everybody's starting to feel more positive and be more. And Gene Hackman, this is what makes him a hero in my eyes. Um, it's, a, it's one line. Um, he, the, he and his assistant are going out and they're all kind of smiling and everything. He looks at him and says, now this is what, this is fun. He says, now this is fun. And I'm going, you know, that's that's not losing sight that even though it is a tribal ritual, it is, you know, it is supposed to be fun. You know, it's supposed to it's because it's if you go if you look at tribalism and how that would work with one tribe fighting another tribe. And this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, common occurrence. And, you know, it's how they they kind of avoided battles you know avoided actual fighting they would that's what how sports kind of became you know what what it is um but he becomes you know this this kind of a quiet hero um another person that's in this movie is uh dennis hopper and dennis hopper is also one of my all-time favorite actors and he does a great job in this movie. he plays a, a drunk and which you know, I mean, that's kind of you know typecasting for him, or, or you know, that's real life because you know he knew all about how how how, to, how a drunk is, and he's absolutely brilliant at it. And he's a lover of basketball. One of and his son is on the team, and he, but he's the town drunk. And uh, Gene Hackman gives him a chance to come in and become his, his assistant, and he cleans up and does does it. But then later on, the pressure is too much. He gets drunk. He comes back. And there's a kind of a, a discussion on the field or on the on the court, and he comes in and he makes an ass of himself, you know. And they have he has to be escorted out, and taken to the hospital, and everything. But the whole time, you know, Gene Hackman never loses his cool with this guy, and and you know, says you know he goes and visits him in the hospital and said, you know, yeah, you 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 were the coach of one of the games because that's another thing that let me back up. It's the thing that another thing that made Gene Gene Hackman a, a, a what I consider a hero. In the one game, they were going, and um, Dennis Hopper's character sitting there, and he kind of looking a little mousy because he's kind of you know tim timid because he's not used to being sober and in these these type of situations. 
and Gene Hackman got the referee and went over and pulled the referee. You know, it looks like he was mad and he pulled the referee off. He says, he said, kick me out of the game. The referee went, what? He said, kick me out of the game. You know, tell me I'm out of the game and I'll start yelling out and I'll walk off. And, and, and the referee goes, okay, you're out of here. And he walks over to Dennis Hopper because he had promised Dennis Hopper he would not get mad. I said he's a quiet man, but he's not a quiet man on the on the court. He is very vocal on the court. Gets technical fouls left and right and everything else. But uh, he goes over to Dennis Hopper. Says, "Look, I, I tried, but you know I failed." And he walks off because he wanted Dennis Hopper to take over. He wanted Dennis Hopper to see his character, to see that he could do the job. And you know this is a big deal in this community, and it's very well put out that basketball is sacred. You know. And you don't screw with basketball, and everybody thinks he is because he's the new guy in, in you know in town. But it goes on, and the the team is good. There's a a whole backstory of him and his other uh, teacher, and you know the love interest Barbara Hershey, which you know if you're gonna have a love interest, she's a good one, and uh, and her, her brother who becomes the one of the star basketball players. They go on spoiler alert. They go on. They they win their their regional. They win they win win the sectional. They go to Indianapolis to the um, to the main game. To you know who's gonna be the the champions of Indiana basketball, and they're playing a team out of South Bend. And uh, these guys are what five nine, five ten, you know, average for nineteen early nineteen fifties. The South Bend guys are five four, five five. I mean six four, six five, not five four. Six four, six five. Five four would have been way better. I'm sorry. Six four, six five. You know, these are big guys, um, and they go up. It's the you know, it's you know, the little guy against the big guy. Um, there's even the the obligatory religious aspect to the whole thing that's underplayed but played you know uh, i think a lot of stuff in the movie is kind of subtle uh probably the thing that's not subtle is the music it it reminds me like you know that 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 crappy inspirational music like chariots of the gods or something you know and i it, i don't personally like that but i understand it because it emokes and emotes or evokes an emotion that you know you you're supposed to feel this tribalism and and you know feel proud of them for being the underdog and coming forth and winning. Um, so I don't know. It's it. I think it's just kind of a uh, an an excellent movie. Some of the cinematography is is really good. I don't know who did the cinematography, but it's 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 quite well. It's very well written. And what can I say? Um, I just think you know uh, Gene Hackman is one of the best actors to ever come down the pike. And he, every role he takes, I think he does an extremely good job. And this is good writing and a, a good job. And a really nice slice of positive, to a large degree, of American Americana, um, especially from, from the, for that time period. And I think it's based on a true story, but I'm, I'm not, don't quote me on that. So that's mine. Nice. Nice. I like that. I, I I did see the movie, and I totally agree. I it's kind of have fun. I'm not a big sports guy, but I love sports theme movies. So I remember seeing this in the theater, and remember like because again, Gene Hackman. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like if you see Michael Caine and stuff, and you know, you're like, oh, I might sit. I'm going to sit through this. Yeah, yeah. Robert yeah. Duvall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think those sports themed movies. Like I'm not into sports at all, but uh, any given Sunday is actually really compelling and uh the movie friday night lights yes is really good too peter berg directed that um and it shows like indiana uh, texas is all about high school football you know yes Yes. so yeah good stuff my favorite sports movie is rollerball (laughs) (laughs) the original or the remake Oh, the original. I've I've not okay. seen the remake, uh, but okay. I hear it's not good. Okay. No, the original with with, with uh, James Conn. James Conn. <laughs> yeah, Con! yeah. Con! That's my my favorite sports movie of all time. It. Uh, well, if we're doing that, of... how about Death Race Two Thousand? There we go. Oh, yes. That's yeah. a good sports movie. David mm-hmm. Carradine. Yeah. Rollerball. Doctor Head. As an aside, during Rollerball, its popularity when we would go out clubbing and go dancing, we would we invented a dance called the Rollerball. And nice. we get a whole bunch of us, you know, how they would roll around, yeah, you know, how they would 
their, their yeah. that chug they would do. We Jonathan, would get a bunch of us doing it. Pretty, Jonathan, yeah, pretty yeah. soon we'd have the whole dance floor doing, doing the roller. <laughs> nice. Ah, pretty cool. Nice. Pretty cool. In awesome. short shorts. <laughs> oh. I need to see pictures. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's keep the discussion going. Dr. Head, tell us your heroes. Please. My my first hero that I recall, I remember I keep him near me at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yes! The best stuntman ever. Evil Knievel. For sure. Uh, yeah, I uh, grew up watching him jump. And, you know, because they, they showed it, it was like major, like ABC Wide World of Sports. Oh, yeah. Howard Cosell. I remember I mean, those, yeah. Yeah, it'd be like a. Like a It'd be like a, almost like an hour and a half or block of time for a, what is essentially a 20-second jump, 15-second right. jump. All the build-up and <laughs> all the pressure. His mouth. He's yeah, holding it up. <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I just ate it up, and I had never seen any kind of spectacle like that. And you, I was le legitimately involved and, like, invested in, like, whether he's going to crash, whether, you know. So I, I had grown up seeing the films, like, at Caesar's Palace and all these things, and, and just, I had, the, I had the poster. So, I, yeah, he was, like, my idol. There was a, the swagger and the confidence. Uh, and then the movie, Viva Knievel, you know, just kind of cemented it, because it has one of the best theme songs of oh, yeah. any movie. Shall we sing it? Do Viva. It. Viva Knievel! <laughs> viva! Viva Knievel! Oh. Um, right out so there, I, green slime. Yeah, yeah like 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 uh, Professor Feather says, I saw that in a theater, and <laughs> yes. you know, by then I had you. toys. I you know I was just 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 a huge fan, and I think that was the idea of the the poster was an inspirational quote. I think it was the first swear word I remember ever reading. It was damned because I pronounced it damned. I'm like, damned, what is that? You know, I, was, I was like four years old, you know? Inspector Clouseau. Exactly. Oh, I see. Damned. Um, I'm channeling Kate's. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, was my, that was my first hero. Uh, and, and then my, I, I'm searching long and deep. There are a lot of things I like, but. This is this is a hero that, like the first time I felt emotionally invested in a book, it was Mysterious Island, mm. and my my hero, other hero, is Captain Nemo, and he's oh, he yeah. straddles the hero anti-hero kind yep. of formula depending on whose side you're looking at, and what I loved about that book and him as a hero is that you you get a lot more of the backstory and the reason why he's been doing what he's doing and it's like the you know his death and the Nautilus's death is kind of die that was like the first time i think i cried reading a book you know and i might have been like 10 or something when i read that but it that was the such a strong vivid picture of a of a person who's driven to all accounts, to peace at all accounts, and then has this cool technology. I mean, the Nautilus is just so fucking sweet. Uh, yeah, so so I would say Captain Nemo is my other my other hero, literary hero, and strong enough to appear in two books. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and I, I have Kirk Douglas. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> right. Uh, and wasn't Charles Bronson in that too? Yes. yes. No, was he? Yeah. yeah he no, was, that was um. Twenty thousand. No, that was the other one. That was the fantastic price one. The, yeah. Yes. Where he plays Master of the Earth. Master of the Earth. Yeah. Master of the Earth. Yeah. Master of the Earth. Yeah. Well, Bronson could have been in this one. Yeah, he, he would have punched. Mm -hmm. have, yeah, he would have punched the giant crab and knocked it out. And... But we're blessed with Peter Lorre. <laughs> well, he was in the other one too, wasn't he? <laughs> was he? I'm I trying to remember. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I remember reading that book and uh, just I just it's a good love book it. though it is it's a good a, book yeah it's a, it's I like a, it's I, I like, Jules I like Verne his writing a yeah. writer yeah. yeah I liked his writing so so there I am Blue Fez they're my heroes Evil Knievel the greatest stuntman ever <laughs> who broke all of his bones had the coolest toy line and <laughs> Captain Nemo <laughs> <laughs> so there it is.
Who also had a lot of cool toys, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure how many bones he had. I could make a Finding Nemo joke, but I think I made that already in another episode. Yes. So. Finding Evil. you got to make a joke. <laughs> finding <like> Evil. <laughs> now, I'm hands up among any of you. Nice. And, and, uh, I like uh, that. Who's yeah, you can, yeah, Knievel. That, that is, that's about as... Blue Fez. Yeah, Fez is out. And saying, oh, Tar's moving. Feather's moving. I'm moving. Oh, Blue Fez. Wait, okay, <laughs> guys, I'm chug I'm chugging on my end. You guys have all stopped talking. Yeah, okay, you, you, you have a great face. Because I did stop talking. You gotta save that face, man. You gotta take a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeti! <laughs> Again, oh, yeah, Yeti, get... again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you're back. Now you're back. There we go. Okay, what was it? all that you had said? The last 30 seconds Give us some kissy lips. <laughs> oh. He can't hear us at all. Yeah. He's typing something. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what he's got to say. <laughs> you mute bastard. He said, we're all lagging. lagging hard, hard lagging. We're a bunch of lag tarts. That's what we're doing. Can you all hear right. us? Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. It, right. Right. Uh, yeah. Mark. Right. When you were talking, all of a sudden, like everybody just stopped like dead. Yeah. Um, you stopped. Including too. That's usually what happens when I start talking. <laughs> like, oh, so yeah, I, if we pretend that we're dead, issue. Stop. <laughs> it's not just my flatulence. So let's let's pick up where you were asking your question because I I didn't hear the the whole I, thing. I, you were starting to talk about. You said raise hands. Evil. I was saying raise hands. Tell me. Which one of you have seen the movie Viva Knievel? I'm not oh. talking about the one called oh, Evil Knievel. Easily. With, yeah. But Viva Knievel. Yes. Yes. Saw the movie, had the toys. Yeah. Yep. Right. Exactly. And it was like the coolest thing in the world. All my friends had Evil Knievels. You know, just, I did the flaming bowl of death jump. You know, we found an, a walk. Uh, someone was throwing it away. And we, and my one other friend said, I've got some gasoline. There you so go. Yeah. <laughs> We put some gasoline in the wok. We lit it, and of course, you know, and we all took turns making our evil Knievels jump over that fire, you know, until we got yelled at for making a fire. Yeah. In in the in the seventies, it was you'd drop everything to watch Evil Knievel, Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. and Sugar Ray, right? Because they were all mm, very no. Uh, no. <laughs> Us kids yeah. would. The cool kids yeah evil there was just something about him that when his son robbie has jumped he's like broken all of his records you know and he's done like more terrifying jumps like where he jumped between two buildings you know like Shoo, holy shit uh <laughs> you know he's broke but he doesn't get a tenth of the press no um like there was a zeitgeist there was a moment and like when evil retired it's like america lost interest in in stunt or in in daredevils it's like Boom, it just collapsed. And and some of the craziest stuff that you see in in the like the alternate sports, um, you know, the, all inspired by Evil King with Johnny Knoxville. I think did a well, did a yeah, documentary. That's that's I think Being Evil. Yeah. That, and I think that's one of the death knells of, of that kind of event stunt is that you have these people who are doing real stunts that are genuinely crazy, drug-addled yeah. people, you know, just... Right. Inspired there. by Evil Knievel. Exactly. They would be yeah. doing that stuff without watching him, you know, and then toward the end of his career, he was doing the... There was the idea he was going to jump over a big thing of sharks or, or skydive with no parachute, like land or one of, one of ten <laughs> bales of hay, you know, just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, great hero. Yeah, I still remember watching the Snake River Canyon jump. Oh, yeah. Television. What a fucking. Yeah. What a. Like the shit comes out like, what the heck? Yeah, I still remember that. 
<laughs> yeah, we almost drowned when it came yeah. down. Yeah. Well, I from what I hear, what I gather is like someone on his team accidentally pushed a button too early mm. for the shoot to deploy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how <laughs> premature deployment. I, I don't know how accurate any of that is, but that's what I had heard because I know he was not pissed. Jerry, <laughs> not premature deployment. <laughs> and and the toy sky cycle jumped about as well as the yes. real one. Yeah, you know, because yeah. mine did not make it across the four foot creek bed nope. that I was trying to launch it. It made about thirteen inches. You know, in the air, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cra crash crashes into the creek, and then you got to send out the Fisher Price Adventure people to save him. Yeah, yep. I know. That's it, yeah. man. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Doctor yeah. Head. My fault. Your heroes. Now, <laughs> Doctor Ta, we look at you. Your heroes. Uh, Tell us, please. Tell I haven't really you. thought about this. <laughs> oh, somebody. I'm going to come up with. Prepared. Yes, but. I'm thinking of Kurt Russell. I think of Kurt Russell as a hero in several different movies, and then combine them. <laughs> One is uh, the thing how he acts as a hero. He's not. He's. I hesitate to call him a hero, but the he's, reluctant uh, hero. Yeah, he's a survivor. Yeah, he, he's a it's survivor yeah. hero. And, and then we got Kurt Russell as uh, an anti-hero, as Pliskin. You know the. The vigilante or not hey, vigilante but he's no a hero he catches he the knife and he throws but it back i was gonna say my favorite one though is in uh, big trouble in little china jack Botten. we are not here to get it <laughs> oh yes we are <laughs> got it threw it back anyway oh yeah snake bliskin uh, I, my bad snake bliskin and uh yeah but in, uh big trouble in little chinese but that's my favorite he's yeah walks into stuff he doesn't he just, he's just that like his character when they first start him off and he's wearing sunglasses the sandwich speaking into the radio you know he just doesn't give a fuck and he says and he walks into this just bizarre situation and just goes through it it's like okay yeah it's happening so <laughs> well he also played elvis yes he did yes, yes. and a yes, really did. good performance and actually yes, yes. That's what i was gonna mm -hmm. say yeah yes. i mean those are not Stanny you know, winning awards for that. Small blue suede shoes to fill. Those are, you know. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a caricature. No, you know? yeah, it's very, yeah very he good. was really convincing, right? Yeah, Kurt Russell. I mean, he's been acting since he was a child. Yeah, you know, Disney. And, and Disney. He was the Disney, Disney movie, kid. the strongest man in the Lost world. Lost in space, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Negro with a brain or whatever. Yeah. Right, the computer yeah. wore tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. Sneaker yeah. yeah. with a brain. Sneaker with a brain. I like that. Brain. Brain. <laughs> I like that. I Hooker with a penis. Sneaker <laughs> with a brain. A different kind of hero. Mm. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's... Bishop the Beaten. <laughs> My favorite bishop. Moving on, Gadfly. Yes. Tell us about your heroes. I would say Captain America, um, and especially in the MCU, because he's not like this patriot that just blindly follows what America is. He is continually about what America should be, you know, and uh, even the dangers of freedom and all that kind of stuff. So his, his little uh, chat with... Uh, what's his name Robert Redford in mm. in the one episode is great and also um, with Nick Fury you know he calls Nick Fury out for being this super spy um, and subverting what he understands as the idea of freedom um, they they've also just done a really good job with him ever since the Falcon came in to, to being in the 70s that dynamic was my favorite comic book in the 70s. Like, I, like if it didn't have the Falcon in it, I didn't give a shit about Captain America. Um, but when it did have the Falcon, it was, it was like this really great duo. You know, it, it really... And they even started saying Captain America and the Falcon yep. on the title. Yeah, he was a regular... Yeah, I remember that. A regular yeah. cast member. Yeah. Sam Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And, 
and they've done a really good with uh, Mackie as the Falcon, and I'm really looking forward to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, just so because I. of that. Yeah. The, yeah. I think uh, I was skeptical of Chris Evans uh, as Captain America. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't know. I, this is not Captain America. But I think within like 10 minutes of the first uh, movie, I was sold. You know, yeah. first off, mm -hmm. the CG was amazing, making him yes. this really kind of diminutive uh, person and and just literally playing on his character. Everything was about his character as opposed to his stature. And then his character got mad, uh, got married to stature. And he immediately bursts out of the tank, runs down the road, faces gunfire, you know, like does everything mm -hmm. that is completely and utterly dangerous and like you could die right now. Not even knowing what he can do. You know what I mean? Like I, I think there's where they built a hero. The hero is the character that gets the the ability to do things, you know. And when those two are put together, that's a hero, you know. Yeah. I, I've always loved Captain America as well. Um, he was probably my second favorite book to read aside from Spider-Man. But yep. I love the character. I think I love the character more in that way. And I, I liked Chris Evans. I thought he was the one of the bright, shining spots of that, that Fantastic Four yep. movie. As like, Great. okay, this is a good Johnny Storm. Oh, this, fantastic. This yeah, right. yeah the, he like he knows he knows the character. He's playing the character well. Yeah. And I, I thought he embodied Chris Evans embodied Captain America beautifully as well. But um, you know, the seriousness, it's its easy to kind of pick fun at him because he still kind of represents this, you know, apple pie and patriotism, but it's honest. It's earnest from him. It, it is, it's yeah. real. And that's what it, he, he sells it. It's just convincing. This is my life. And, um, you know, he doesn't really, uh, I like how they keep him kind of stuffy language, you know, right. he's like, he's like the stern, you know, but he has to lead the group, but he's setting by example and he feels that pressure on him. Um, and he could really like cut chop wood great with without even using an axe. I, that, yeah. What more do you want? What and uh, his um, kind of innocence and uh, lack of un, like he's not worldly in in that first one. I heard you two fondued. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't know what fondue means, and he thinks something inappropriate. Cheese and bread. <laughs> Cheese and um, bread, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you, there's a real character arc in that first movie. And I think he continues that arc through every movie that he's in. You know, the Avengers, uh, first one with him and Tony, you know, they're dynamic. Um, and the Winter Soldier and then Civil War, you know, because even in the comic books, he was the guy that's saying, yeah, this kind of oversight is not what this is, everything is about. You know, you can't do this kind of stuff. So yeah, Captain America, I have so many heroes, literary and all that kind of stuff, but I think this one goes back to my childhood where I, I really kind of picked up on the fact that he wasn't this propaganda piece. He may have been originally, but I think in the 70s, they totally like appropriated him for, look, this is not what America is supposed to be about. This is, you know, these are the things, you know, that we should be careful of. Um, and we said real life. Sure. Cornell, yeah, Cornell West, all right? Fighting for tenure at um, Harvard after teaching there for fucking ever. Um, if you haven't read his stuff or seen interviews with him, Cornel West is like the man of wisdom. Uh, and he's got a glibness that's very refreshing, I think, you know. Um, and so I've actually read just about everything he's written. Um, and I think that has informed my philosophy as a teacher. I mean, it really, you know, there's just so many things that he talks about um, in terms of how to treat other people, um, how to not engage in confirmation bias, and all these kinds of things uh, that I think are wonderful. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's my dude. And I, I saw him, I think, first on Bill Maher, you know, whom Man. I can't stand that dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, Cornell West. Brother Cornell. Nice. Nice. All right. I'll throw in with my own. So one real life example. And this is more a hero uh, because he kind of set me on the path that I'm on right now. And that is the artist Ed Emberley. Now, many of us that grew up in the 70s probably came across this book when we were in grade school. This is the guy that created the books that would say, okay, start with a circle. Then you add a triangle to it. And then you add these other shapes. And by the time you were done, you had actually, he, he was, you created something, vampire, a dog or something like that. And for me, I remember that that was like the first time somebody kind of broke down drawing for me you know you can take art classes and you know i, I did i took art classes at the uh, toledo museum of art but something about the art style his art style and the way that he broke down drawing made it so that really anybody could kind of do it and i've given those books out multiple times to people who have had you know they're like somebody i know or is it close by and they're like they're like, oh, I've got kids that are really into drawing. I'm like, dude, get these books. You can get them at Barnes and Noble. They're still being published. They're they're great because kids can easily jump in there and figure out, oh, okay, well, if I just start putting these shapes together, I can I can start, you know, I, I can start expressing myself, you know, through art. And I just remember as a child, these these books were just like they were they were almost like Bibles for me because I was like, if I didn't if I couldn't think of how to draw something i would immediately go to these books and maybe i might get lucky he might have an example that was close enough um that i could uh, that i could reference so those those were uh, those those very much a hero in my eyes because uh, what i do now i mean these you know if you think about taking shapes putting them together in, in different configurations and their relationship to one another that's kind of you know tenets of design even then so so that's one real life hero. Um, now, if I'm going to go to like a literary hero, and again, I'll pull from childhood. Most people who know me will immediately go, I just going to say Batman, because I was a huge Batman fan back in the day. Um, and a lot of that, um, I believe, well, no, I'll be honest, came from the Adam West television series. And I'm a huge defender of that show i i'm i'm kind of like in the batman group i'm kind of that small minority that will that will defend that show to the death because i'm like you people you don't understand if this show didn't exist batman wouldn't be as big as he is now he said you everything you you owe everything to that silly three season television show on abc because that that firmly put um batman into kind of like the pop culture like brain and there's nothing wrong with that and um, but as far as like, like a, you know, like my favorite hero is it's kind of a toss up between either Superman and, or Captain Marvel, Shazam, I go by the original name. Um, because I remember as a child, you know, my mother was an artist, painter, sculptor, stuff like that. I remember, uh, we would go to the grocery store and you'd see those old, the comics on the, you know, the rotating racks there. And I remember picking up a super, probably Action Comics, and it's Superman in it. And I, I remember that was like my first exposure to, you know, like that that sort of like archetype, um, you know, very, you know, um, like Greek gods and stuff like that, that sort of archetype. And I remember being just kind of blown away by that. And, and, and I remember I had more questions. Well, okay, well, how does he get here? How does he do what he does? And it just kind of put me on that path where I started exploring. Now, the odd thing is, as a kid, I didn't really get into, you know, Marvel aside from, you know, Spider-Man and then Captain America and the Falcon. That was one that I loved. And I remember for the Bicentennial Parade at school, yeah. I had the Mego Captain America and he was holding his flag. And I had the Mego Falcon and he was holding the flag and I'm marching around with that. And I remember a few teachers are like, okay what's up <laughs> with that and of course i didn't see anything to do i'm like what's the falcon it's captain america their team what what's wrong with that mm -hmm. well what are you gonna say um but superman really put that put put the item that my love for um comic books and heroes in there and i would ask my mom 
you know, can you could you draw Superman for me? And she would. She would recreate some of those classic action comics and Superman covers for me. And then at some point she's like, you know what? You're getting old. You're getting older. You should I should teach you to do this yourself. And so, you know, with Ed Emberley, she was kind of gave me some of those first art instructions on on drawing superheroes myself. And it didn't really my love for like that character didn't really get cemented. And I know it's it's come up before. Um, wasn't until the uh, the first Superman movie in 78 with Chris Reeve. And I know it's it, it's very much a product of its time. But if if I had to go on a desert island and I had a few, you know, few movies to take with me, that would be one of those movies because I remember that seeing that on in 78, Christmas, it was like the day before Christmas break in grade school, yep. our field trip, we got to go see Superman the movie at the uh, AMC theaters at Southwick Mall. And I remember I'm, I'm the one kid in the theater, literally on the edge of his seat. And of course, everybody's making noise. I'm like, shit, I'm trying to watch this. And, you know, because I'm, I'm fully invested in it. I was very upset at some of the production design of Krypton because I, I just didn't get why did they change it from the comic book? But yeah, that's young me being a pain in the ass. But <laughs> When Chris Reeve steps out, you know, first you see him as Clark Kent. And you just see the way that he did both characters, because those are yes. two very different characters. It, for me, it was kind of like that. You get that kind of like click room, like, oh, the, he's real. He's three dimensional. I, I now I, I can see it. And it's it's for right or wrong. It's kind of. I don't want to say it's ruined the character, but I have a hard time seeing anybody else as Superman other than Chris Reeve, because for me, he just knocked it out of the ballpark so well. I mean, yeah, he's not ripped like Henry Cavill, but there was this this mass and this presence that he had. And much like Chris Evans, there's this honesty to the character. That scene where, where, where he's getting ready to have the date with Lois and yep. it's the transformation where he literally is sitting there hunched over with the glasses on and he as he takes them off he literally stands up straight and says something and then she comes back into the room and he's like he puts the glasses back on that transformation that's I, I, that's i think that's acting 101 like it's yeah. really well done with every little movement every little word everything about that yeah yeah, um, I, and so, you're right. I mean, he totally, totally nailed that character. And I'm just gonna throw. And again, Gene Hackman. Okay, got <laughs> right. But and but the, the thing about that movie, and I've said this before on social media, I kind of hammer on about this, is that that last scene in the movie where they're right before the credits, where he's doing the flyby of Earth and he breaks the fourth wall. I remember as a kid, that just there was something about that that flipped me out. I was it was just that fly over that look and the and the smile like he's acknowledging you and there's that yeah i remember that is like i didn't know you could do that in a movie and there was just something about it that just kind of like i don't want to say broke me but i was like holy yeah. shit that's cool it's like he's acknowledging you as the the audience it kind of brought you into the the experience a little bit more and so superman for me you know, good or bad, I've always had just a, a just a love for the character. And, you know, going, and I remember getting the books at the library, the old stuff going back to the 30s and the 40s. And so, yeah, well, Superman that's, for me. That's what Grant Morrison did with All-Star Superman. All-Star yes. Superman. Like, it really reminded me of what Superman was prior to the movie. Because after the movie, he became a big property. I mean, and like, even the comics, everything changed. Um, prior to that, it was the most bizarre shit you could ever yeah. read. It was not Mixel, all good, yeah, but... <laughs> not all good, but, <laughs> yeah. but it was Mixoplits and, you know, you're like going, what are these guys smoking to, to, to do this? Um, but, uh, that Grant Morrison, if they were to make that into an animated series or even like translate that into real people, um, I think that would be good. Now I will say Henry Cavill actually is good like they he has moments of being superman in the movies i think the big problem is the people no. creating the movies it's not no. him. A yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he looks the part. And you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. And then you watch the movie and you're like, this is garbage. I mean, right. the, the guy spends the entire time grimacing and not doing really anything. And you're well, just like, mm, okay, yeah. you guys, again, don't get it. It's like, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why Captain America worked because, yeah. and, I, and overall, the most of the Marvel movies is that I think people see the boy scout version or the boy scoutness of superman as a, as a negative and it's like well no that's that's him and the marvels are marvel movies are like no we're going to embrace these qualities because we can use that to play characters off one right. another yeah. and yeah it's it's like um warner brothers and dc they just still haven't quite figured that out yet and it's it's been very uh it's been very annoying uh, i i agree sure, with you yeah. i would love to see um uh, uh, all an all-star Superman series. In fact, when they they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths on CW, when Brandon Routh returned to the role, oh, which yeah. I was like, oh, that was amazing. I mean, he was far better than that than Superman Returns. I'm like, they should do an all-star Superman HBO series with Brandon Routh. I would sure, totally yeah. be on board with that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, he's that actually is, he's actually a really good actor. That's yeah, you, you don't get to see that, you know, in all those things. Uh, yeah. Did everybody see Shaz Shazam the movie? What did yeah, you I thought it was, yep. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it was a kind of a combination of, of, of like the classic golden age along with the more modern yep. kind of take um, on the character. I've always liked Captain Marvel. There was, there's a fun and lightness, partly because, you know, you have this kid who's the superhero, but there is, it's never, doesn't take itself so seriously. And, and the villains are silly enough and everyone's kind of making jokes. It's this jovial kind of book. And they really captured that lightness in the movie. And I, I the guy who plays Captain Marvel was fantastic. Right, which I, I was not convinced up to the watching of the movie. I'm like going, that's not Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's this. But that dude played a child trapped in a man's body. Awesome. <laughs> Right, yeah. which which is relatively new because before it was always Billy Batson turns into Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel's just you know he's an adult, right. he's kind of a separate entity. But they've they've kind of changed that where Billy still his influence is still into the adult body. And no, you're right. No, he he was it was great. I, you know, it's not the one that we grew up with, but I there was enough there that I was like, yeah, no, this is a great movie. This is easily at the time it was the best DC movie they you know they were putting out. I mean, they just, everything about it was good. You know, I, I, I went looking forward to seeing more. Um, yeah. And I, I agree with you guys that, yeah, there, there was a fun to the book. Um, and I mean, think about it. A kid that gets a magic word that turns him into a superhero. That's, that's like marketing gold right there. There's no wonder that the character was outselling Superman four titles to one back in the forties. I mean, they, they, they knew their audience and they played to it and, it worked until DC sued them into the ground. <laughs> so, well, now Marvel is suing them into the ground, so they he can't be called Captain Marvel. It's he has to be Shazam. You know? Yeah, there the rule used to be that you, the title of the book was Shazam, but you could call him Captain Marvel inside the book. I don't know if yeah. that's changed. They probably has because of the success of the Captain Marvel movie. So, um, what about yeah. the success of the Shazam movie? Because that did pretty well too, yeah. did it not? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did yeah. very well for him. And and aren't they doing a sequel? Are they bringing like Black Adam? Yes. In? Yes. Yes. <laughs> not I'm, sure. I I I don't know about him getting his own solo movie. I'm kind of on the fence about that. We'll see. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. But I like who they got. I mean, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so any more heroes? Anybody would like to add? You guys. My plumber. You guys. <laughs> you mean Metamucil? <laughs> that's the hero that's working overtime. Yeah. That's the hero, the hero that that's near you. Yeah. <laughs> and a shout out to the Depends there, too. So <laughs> The only way we can oh. keep these podcasts going three hours, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The combination of Metamucil <laughs> and Dependence. Brought to you by. Complete blowout. 
Vertical integration. <laughs> Super colon blow. Vertical yeah. integration. That's right. <laughs> we buy all the Depends, and we buy all the Metamucil. All That's right, right, then. We're out of here. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! And you are listening to He's not coming over all over the place. (laughs) That's what the that's what the socks are for. That's right, that comes this morning. Uh, uh, where can you find us? Hey. Oh, wait a minute. I was going to say put a sock in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the trouble. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> Unseenradio at gmail.com. We Freaks, Mark Justice, uh, Tar and Feather Psycho Cinema, uh, Midnight Gadfly is held over for the third fantastic week at uh, the Claisel in downtown Bowling Green. He's, He's slaying uh, them. He's just slaying them, and yeah, he's, do, he's doing great. So there you have it, uh, unsaneradio.com, tarnfeather.com. Tar and Feather have a new episode out called, uh, uh, what's it called, Tar? Messy Women. Oh. Messy Women. <laughs> I'm un- Mesa of Lost Women. Yes, oh. yes. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Everything in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, it's a nutshell. Yes, yes, the operative word is spidget. Yes. And I have you to, have to watch Messy Women to find out what that means. <laughs> and I have to go therapy. <laughs> I go therapy. <laughs> That's when you do it in a bath, right? <laughs> Golden hydrotherapy. That's called <laughs> yeah, That's called turmoil. My skin comes has a radiant glow. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Good times. Yeah, good times. I think I just saw Jacuzzi's. Thank you, Jacuzzi's. That's for your bathroom. That's with or without the holy bubbles. <laughs> That's when you when you got a pee and you're gonna get baptized at the same time. Holy bubbles. Make me feel happy. Make me feel fine. Make me feel divine. <laughs> Such a dumb hoe. Make, make me feel good all over. <laughs>